Okay, there we go. Welcome to the Wicked Awesome Podcast. This is your host, Matt, speaking. And thank you for joining. And this will be a Does This Movie Stand the Test of Time podcast. And thank you for listening. Just waiting for Sergeant Williams to enter the room and uh, then we'll go from there. And hope you all are doing well at this uh, New Year's first day of 2022. And here I have uh, Sandy right there. I'll invite a speaker. And here we go. Hello, Sandy. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Sorry I had some uh, Wi-Fi difficulties, but I'm in now. All right. No need to apologize whatsoever. So, did you do anything thing fun last night? Uh, <laughs> I flew back from Kansas via Denver. So, oh, last wow. night I spent about three and a half hours sitting on the tarmac in Denver due to de-icing and, you know, other issues with the weather and baggage handlers, etc. <laughs> hey, gig wife, thanks for coming in the studio. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> The uh, longest I ever sat on the tarmac for de-icing was eight hours. Uh, oh, was, Lord. Yeah, yeah, that was brutal. That was brutal. <sighs> you could but have flown was, to Europe in that time frame. <laughs> I know. And this was after flying from L.A. to Newark, New Jersey. So I did a oh, cross-country flight. And then I had we had to stay on the plane uh, for another eight hours. It's like, oh, oh crazy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. So, well... At least you made it back to Portland, Oregon. Since I it. did. I got back. Yeah, excellent. How was your New Year's? I didn't do a damn thing, and I hate to say, <laughs> I hate to say it. I I loved it. I actually really liked it. <laughs> I don't know if that's because I'm old or if I'm just. I've always felt like New Year's is just kind of a letdown anyway. Uh, there's yep. Yeah, so I'm like, you know what? I'm okay with going to bed at whatever time I fell asleep, probably quarter of 11 or so. And yeah, yeah, yeah so not, cool. not a bad way to spend an evening, you know. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, those of you who just came in, welcome. And uh, so, uh, Fatal Attraction, I just picked up my notes. I watched this movie probably <laughs> uh, maybe three, four weeks ago. So some of the notes I took, I'm like, what the hell? It's like, so hopefully oh. as I go through my notes, uh, <laughs> we'll be able to go some, uh, you'll be able to provide some insight. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have, I, I watched it again today uh, to oh, wow. refresh. And uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's a roller coaster. <laughs> it's a roller coaster. It is. It is. Um so one thing, so this came out in 1987, mm -hmm. and I remember before I watched the movie, when the movie was out in theaters, I got home from school one day and I turned on Oprah, and Oprah, <laughs> Oprah was talking about fatal attraction and real life fatal attraction, how this type of shit can actually happen. Mm -hmm. And uh, then there were people on there that talked about how they were threatened by scorned lovers that type of thing uh, so yeah yeah uh, yeah so uh and, and we'll get into that a little bit as we talk about this movie uh but so you actually went back and watched it again uh this good for you i like how you do that yeah 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 i had seen it originally i watched it a couple weeks ago while i was waiting for the other movie that we are going to uh review later to deliver um <laughs> but i refreshed today and yeah it's it's quite the movie it's quite the movie yeah so the movie starts out with this scanning establishment shot of uh new york city and one thing that stuck out to me instantly i don't know if you saw it and maybe it's just the version i had i don't know but i think i had like a re-release mastered edition type digitalized blah blah copy but ah. the the camera quality looks like absolute dog shit um yes i would i watched mine um on prime mm -hmm. video and it is very dark and murky it is it is and it's like i don't know if the director decided that's the look 
that he wanted to give this movie. Like, let's take the camera lens, dip it in like <laughs> apple cider. <laughs> And then lift it out and don't wipe it off or anything. We're just going to let it dry. And that's going to be the picture quality of this entire movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't think your assessment is far off on that one. It, exactly. it was very, it, maybe he was trying to set a tone. Uh, maybe he was going for like the, the sepia tone or something, but it, it just made it a very uh, odd camera. Like, You've got the New York skyline, but it's kind of like murk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, and maybe the air quality in New York City back in the mid mid to late 80s was murky, oh, too. But that's a uh, fair point, like a red, red sunrise or something. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. all the smog. OK. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to let you go. You go through okay. your notes. I want to hear your whole take on this movie and then I'll go through mine and you can uh, okay. interject whenever you feel. Do you want to go back and forth on the scenes? Want to go that way? Well, you start off with your notes. And okay. uh, if I if it's a notable scene, then I'll be like, oh, yeah, holy shit. Yeah, I saw that. too." <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like an excellent plan. All right, uh, there you go. So after that opening, like, scanning shot, um, it goes to, like, the, the marriage scene. Like, the Dan is sort of working from home on the couch. The kid's there watching um, somebody get slimed. Was Nickelodeon a thing back then? Was back that what she 19- was watching? No, back in 1987, was it? I don't know, because it looked, it looked like there were two characters being slimed on the TV that the little girl was sitting there watching with the dog while... Uh, Dan, uh, Michael Douglas's character, was sitting there working from home with the headsets on. Sure, sure, yeah. That's um, so it's sort of a, a mundane marriage scene. Um, the wife's getting ready. The friend calls, and they're sort of he's relaying the messages back and forth. Uh, the where's my blue suit uh, right. to the wife? Just a just a very you know setting the scene. They've they've been married for a while. They're comfortable. Um, and it's interesting the, the wife, um, in her getting ready attire with her, with her, uh, little white undies and the white t-shirt, she's an attractive woman. Oh yeah. Wicked. wicked. She's a very attractive woman. Yeah, um, so there's, there's that kind of also, uh, sort of makes the point, uh, that, he doesn't need to go outside the marriage. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He's, He's got, got a, a hottie life. at home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Well, and keep going. Keep going. Okay. Um, then for the, the next one, the entrance into the cocktail party, um, the, uh, you know, the, the sort of, uh, how to say it, uh, chubby, unattractive friend. Yeah, that guy was like really slimy, and uh, he he just yeah. fit that stereotype perfectly. Yeah, he really did, and he like notices Glenn close, and she's got on that killer dress with the deep V slit down to like the bottom of her sternum. Uh, <laughs> and he's That's like, an '80s dress. Yeah, he's like ogling her with her hair and that dress, and she gives him that nasty killer glare to the unattractive friend, exactly. and then. Almost immediately at the bar, she's flirty with Michael Douglas's character. Immediately, right? right so right. that <laughs> I think that would probably hold true today. Sadly, I'm not speaking highly of womankind. Well, one thing I'll interject here is, and this came up early in the movie, Michael Douglas was the quintessential yuppie-looking guy in so many movies, like in the '80s. I think of Wall Street and this movie. So, mm-hmm. you know, just like you're kind of average to slightly good looking guy who wears a suit very, very well. Right? Yes. Yeah. That's Michael Douglas for <laughs> Yeah. And I think he was actually shooting wall street at the same time. He was shooting this movie. If I read the notes correctly. 
So he was toggling back and forth between those two movies. Well, that's a stretch, isn't it? It's like, okay, I'll just go over to this set. I'll dress the same. It's just like, <laughs> yep. no, he's Michael Douglas in both movies. Exactly. I'm a slightly bigger asshole in Wall Street. Maybe that's debatable. Maybe that's debatable. <laughs> right. Right. That's funny. <laughs> okay. Um, so they, they sort of have that little conversation and, the wife is like, Hey, we got to go. And she's like, you better go. Uh, Alex's character. So she knows from the get go uh, that he's got an attachment. Um, so it's not like she's going into this blind. Sure. 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 So she, she is somewhat evil uh, herself. Yeah. Yeah, I would very. say she she's not necessarily evil, but she's not as uninformed or uh, anyway, that's a that's a future scene spoiler. But she exactly. she definitely was aware he was attached. He had a wife and the wife was like, we're going. And she acknowledged, yeah, you better run along. So uh, the next scene I have is when they return home. Mm-hmm. Um, the wife reminds him to walk the dog and she's kind of getting ready for bed, kind of looking sexy. And Michael Douglas goes out, or what's his name? Dan, the character, goes out, walks the dog, uh, and then comes back to bed. And the kid is in the bed in his place. So it's like no sexy time after, you know, going out, having drinks with the sexy looking wife. Uh, right. It's kind of a, a mundane marriage scene again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. That was my only takeaway about that scene. It was It was almost an unnecessary scene, but it kind of sets the stage for... You know, he didn't get any. <laughs> he didn't get any, and so he's all <laughs> so he's all horned up from right. the cocktail party and has no release. So <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Hey, Stel, welcome to the studio. Chris Unplugged, Captain A. We'll all welcome. Yeah, keep going. I'm liking this. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, so as as he he states, he had to work the next day. Uh, they had a Saturday meeting or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and the wife and the kid and they're getting ready to go. And, you know, that's sort of, again, another mundane marriage scene. She's sort of in her, her casual, you know, weekend wear, uh, frizzy hair, denim jacket, the, the loose shorts, and they're rushing off and he's, she's going to look at some house. And, uh, then you cut to the meeting scene and there's the old guy with the, the neck brace Yep. Now, I never I'm not quite sure what the backstory was. I know they said that in the at the cocktail party that he had hurt his neck uh, in bed with his wife. And then they joked, you should see the wife. And then there was that little odd pause where they said, you should tell us the story of what actually happened to your neck. And did you see the secretary look up? I didn't. I did. Yeah, I wasn't observation. I'm like, what was that about? I, it almost feels like there was a deleted scene or something that. There's more to that story, uh, but that was just my observation rewatching it today. Uh, wow. And then, yeah, and then in comes Alex, all corporated up in her white outfit, and that seems to be a recurring theme with this character. She wears a lot of white. She does wear a lot of white. Mm-hmm. She wears uh, a lot of white. Yeah, and the the there's the novel they're they're talking about that has an injunction against it is about an affair. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that sort of sets sets a scene uh, and a tone. Um, the discussion about asking if the author did have an affair with a senator, and it was a yes, but it wasn't a senator from Ohio or something to that effect. Exactly, exactly. Because they were trying to decide whether or not they should name the senator or I can't remember. Uh, yeah, the, the senator was trying to stop the publishing of the right. book because he was saying that the character was based on him mm-hmm. uh, and his relationship with the author. And then uh, Alex's character says, yes, she did have an affair with him, but she had affairs with lots of politicians. Um, right, right. So it's, it's again, a, a theme that they're starting to establish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, I'm liking this. I'm liking this. You're, you're so thorough with the, the with this analysis. Uh, with, I mean, all the, with all these, yeah. <laughs> uh, then they go out for, you know, he's out in the street, can't get the umbrella to open. She steps in 
and they end up going out to get a drink. Ooh, and we know what that means. Yep, yep. And then they're sort of chatting in the restaurant, and he's sharing his stories about uh, being a lawyer. And Alex brings up that he must have the ability to be very discreet. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she sort of goes on to say that she is also discreet. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Um, And I write down in my notes, don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) The movie can end right here. All you have to do is go home. Hell, surprise your wife and go to the house in the country that she's looking at. Right? Yeah. Then the movie's done. Yeah, right there. Yeah. 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 But no, no. Uh, So uh, that he's he's asking her. He kind of takes it to the next step. Like, so where's your your good looking or something to that effect? Starts talking about... uh, why don't you have a date? Um, and she's like, well, that's, that's the call I had to make that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm standing at my date to hang out with you. Right. Right. And then yeah. it, sort of, it sort of devolves from there. Exactly. Cause she has opportunity. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah. She's a professional, attractive lady in New York. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and then it quickly goes to where's your wife and naughty boy comments uh, and then cut to the uh, <laughs> scene in her apartment. Yeah, yeah. That was a scene. <laughs> that was a scene. That's like one of the better hump scenes in a movie <laughs> that, that holds up pretty well today. That's yes, that, that holds up. <laughs> yeah, that's a good hump scene right there. I like it when they go to the kitchen counter and they turn the faucet on and they dr- they're drinking from it like they're Tarzan or in right. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you can take the time to maybe just fill up a glass or something. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, anyway. yeah, and, you know, that it's also a little bit comedic with him trying to shuffle with his pants around his ankles. <laughs> so I'm like, why? Why would you even leave that in? Uh, but okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I was filming that scene, I just would have been laughing my ass off the whole time. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sure they did. That took like yeah. 75 takes. I yeah. must have. <laughs> uh, all right, then uh, cut to the, uh, they decide to like go out on a date date and they go out dancing and drinking, um, mm-hmm. which... You know, if you're you're having an affair, I guess in New York you could probably get away with that, right? It's not like yeah, it's not like Waldo, Maine, or somewhere. Yeah, I was gonna say you couldn't get away with that in Belfast, I mean. right? Yeah. <laughs> so that that's still plausible in a big city. You could probably get away with it. And uh, on the way back, uh, she goes for the uh, elevator sex. Yeah, uh, she uh, Hummer in the elevator. Yep. 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 So sort of establishing that she's the fun, adventurous, risk-taking mistress versus all those other mundane scenes with the stable wife that, you know, prioritizes the child over sex, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. So it kind of gives a little more background on his motivations, shall we say? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um. Let's see. Now, um, my note here, um, I got it. Okay. So I was, I was getting confused on my order of operations here. So (laughs) Dan gets home, uh, and he gets home the next morning and gets a message from the wife and calls and all of that. Um, and almost immediately, um, it's like the wife is delayed. There was a problem with seeing the house. So she's staying an extra night with her parents in the country, with the kid. And they're, oh, you know. Dan's going to get busy again. Ooh. So almost as soon as he hangs up the phone, he gets a call from Alex. Um, and she's getting a little pissy that he wasn't there when she woke up. Oh, yeah. Um, Snuck out. So she's like, she she hates that. Um, and then he's going on about, uh, he has things to do. She thinks they were going to spend the day together and he's going on about having to work. He has to take care of the dog. There's things he's got to get done. 
and she's got all these reasons why they could hang out together and she won't bother him and they'll get, you know, he could work at her place and bring the dog. I love animals and I'm a great cook. Um, which is a little foreshadowing for later. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> oh, foreshadowing there. Uh, and then uh, basically they don't, he doesn't do any work. They take the dog to the park and they're playing like a, like a happy couple with the, with the, I don't know, yellow lab. And it's all, all fun and games. And, you know, she uh, makes the uh, lunch and uh, has music playing, which is the opera Madame Butterfly. Yes, uh, it is. Which is another, uh, I'd say, nod to the theme of the movie. Um, you know, the uh, Japanese mistress that uh, kills herself at the end of the movie, at the end mm. of the opera. Uh, wow, when so you, the, you know quite a bit about Madame Butterfly. I'm impressed. No, that was it, was, it was all in the scene. Oh, it was in the scene. Gotcha. It was in the scene. I've never seen an opera in my life. I'm not that kind of girl. <laughs> I haven't either, so I'm not that kind of girl either. <laughs> but it's just some heavy foreshadowing um, in that whole conversation um, as Michael Douglas is recounting about his experience with his father, and that's the only time his dad was nice to him, was when he was terrified about the scene at the end where the, uh, the lead uh, in the opera, the female, is going to kill herself. Okay, now I do remember. I do. Okay, yeah. 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 Okay. So that's that's all interesting that they are, uh, you know, foreshadowing. I see. In my notes, I have Madam Butterfly. Have you ever seen it? So that there you go. I following my notes. I'm doing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. Um, actually, why don't you stop there? Give yourself a little bit of a rest, and I'll go from the top. And once go we for it. Once we catch up, catch up to that lunch scene, uh, we'll we'll uh, trade places. Okay, so I already oh, yeah. mentioned how the beginning establishment shot just uh, kind of shows how uh, just the the camera quality doesn't seem to be that great. I mentioned Michael Douglas being a, a yuppie in a lot of these movies. Uh, and at first, I'm like, uh, what does he do for work as he's getting ready? Then I find out, ah, oh, he's a lawyer. Okay. And then at this uh, party, they're all eating sushi and uh, smoking cigarettes. And I'm like, wow, that's an odd combination there. And I forgot that there was a time where people could actually smoke inside at these things. And but then I thought sushi, cigarettes and sushi don't really go together. But uh, anyway, 80s time capsule. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, like it's weird. Uh, Ann Archer is the name of the. The actor Ann Archer is the actress that plays the wife, and now I was thinking to myself, what else has she been in? And the only thing I could come up with was she played uh, somebody's mother in "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia." Uh, that uh, she was in a Harrison Ford movie. Was it like Frantic or? Um, uh, she was the wife. Was it maybe Devil's Own? I, I don't know if it was Devil's Own or another one of those adventure movies he did. Where oh, he was okay. Like, but yeah, I've seen her in a Harrison Ford movie. It could have been uh, Clear Present Danger, yeah. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And like you said, you we, it's been established that the wife is hot, she's very caring, she loves her husband, that type of thing. So, uh Michael Douglas's hair is a little too perfect. Uh I made that note. I don't I can't really elaborate on that, but it's almost like it's just it's too perfectly in, in place. Uh, but yeah, it's like, it, so probably before every scene is shot, there's somebody there to make sure Michael <laughs> Douglas is there is absolutely, absolutely perfect. <laughs> and then when they're in the restaurant, I noticed the smoking in the restaurant. Uh, again, there was a time you could actually smoke in restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Geez, I haven't had a cigarette in 20 years, and all of a sudden I, I am talking about smoking quite a bit. Maybe I'm trying. <laughs> maybe I need a cigarette. Ooh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day when you could have an affair with office workers, because these two work together, you know, kind of indirectly. They're at a business uh, meeting, but I mean, the whole thing of sexual harassment doesn't even come up. I mean, uh, but uh, anyway, what is uh, Glencoe? This is the thing. What is the Glenn, Alex's Glenn Close's character? What's her motivation in all this? Um, I mean, 
that that really never comes out in this. And I was looking for it, really the whole movie. What is her motivation and uh, just in all of this? So I I'm not entirely clear on why she was so into a married man as a single woman. Um, that's very confusing to me as well. Other than maybe she had a personality disorder of some sort to begin with, right. but that's never really addressed. Right. Right. It really isn't. She mentioned something about her father dying. Then she's like, Oh, just kidding. Just kidding. And then he does, this is much, much later in the movie. He does like break into her apartment and finds yes. like uh, his obituary. Proof. So it's like, okay, his, her father died. But I mean, a lot of people in their thirties, I, we can assume she's probably in her thirties, uh, have, you know, parents that die. Uh, mm-hmm. That doesn't all of a sudden make them crazy. And, like sleep with somebody's husband and then destroy try to destroy uh, his life i mean that's that's uh, very it, true but although the obituary he found was from 1959 and in the park she had said that it was she was seven when he died in front of her heart attack Oh, okay so that does sort of verify and then she goes oh just kidding and exactly. Exactly. i i just she definitely has something mentally off yeah, she's a little yeah, yeah, yeah. She's batshit insane. There's no question about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they have this affair. Sandy's discovered it. They hump in the kitchen, then the Hummer in the elevator, and then they, you know, a lot of humping going on. <laughs> that first night, he leaves the dog behind. He leaves the dog back at his apartment. This I know. beautiful, this beautiful golden retriever or yellow lab. I'm sorry, and. This beautiful dog he just leaves behind. I mean, oh my god! It's just like have your affair, but you know, get your get your take your dog for a walk and feed your dog dinner. Come on, dude. Exactly, and he feeds the dog leftover spaghetti instead of like dog food. I mean, it's like you know, I can only imagine what that dog shit's gonna look like later (laughs) in the day. But that's another story. (laughs) Well, he probably took care of it when you know. <laughs> went to the park or whatever. Yeah, he went to the park, exactly, exactly. And then he didn't call the wife, uh, like while he was having his little hump fest. He didn't call his wife. I noticed too. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, and and she wasn't pissed when they like talked the next day. Like, oh, you didn't call last night. I was worried. Blah blah blah. I mean, what kind of asshole does that? It's like your wife is away with a kid that's like four years old. You call your wife, ask how the kid's doing. You know how. <laughs> How sings in the country, and he doesn't do that. I mean, it's like wow. And the wife is doesn't doesn't really seem to care. Um, and uh, so then now we're at the lunch scene with. Jeez, uh, I actually flew through that. Um, we're at the lunch scene. They're talking about Madame Butterfly and all that. They're eating spaghetti, and uh, you know he's basically telling her, you know, we can't continue doing this. Uh, you know, I'm married. And all mm-hmm. that. And then what happens? Over to you. Um, so the next one um, is uh, the I want to see you again. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dan is like, that's not going to be possible. And Alice is like, I want to know where I stand, which she has known from the initial scene. He's mm-hmm. married. Exactly. And Dan says, you're terrific, but I'm married. Um, and then he has sex with her again. Does he have sex with He does. Okay, he, he does. does. Yeah, he you're does. right. He does. Yeah. yeah. And then he's trying to leave. He's like, I have things to do. I've got to go. Um, and Alex gets annoyed. She gets upset. She rips his shirt. Um then gets a gets sort of defensive and she's like that was an opportunity for you to have fun and you can't you know you can't use me and i'd have more respect for you if you told me to fuck off <laughs> and he tells her to fuck to off, off. Yeah. and she gets even nastier then she flips over wants to have a nice goodbye says let's be friends and goes in to kiss him and she has slit her wrists Mm-hmm. This yes, woman is did. 
is is messed up in the head. Uh, mm-hmm. He he's definitely in over his head uh, on that one. Uh, so he ends up staying overnight, even though he knows the wife is coming home that Monday. That's right. He feels he feels guilty, and she succeeds in getting her way by being uh, over the top dramatic. Um, it's kind of like that hot crazy matrix. Um, yes. She's definitely all the way over on the crazy matrix and probably medium on the hot. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I, my note on that is take the woman to a doctor. Just take exactly. it. I mean, she slid her, she slid her fucking wrist. Take her to the ER. And instead he, he sleeps over with her and she's all sad and, and, subdued and asked if he will call her sometime and he asked her to promise to call the doctor and then he just heads home (laughs) yeah that's weird it's just like i would not feel comfortable leaving that woman by herself at all after that exactly (laughs) you know Uh, that's at the moment again that's where the movie could have ended okay here here she is the er doc this is what happened and Probably my wife's going to find out, but let's take care of this woman because she just slit her wrist. She's nuts. And uh, then he goes home, tells his wife, uh, which he's going to tell his wife at some point anyway. I mean, people figure these things out. Right. Uh, you know, so it's just like, but no, no, we can't do that. We can't do that. So, yeah. Oh, uh, oh man. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I have this written down. Why does the real estate agent look like a ger- geriatric Mary Poppins? And I have no idea what that means. All I can think of is that she the- was a very. It was a very interesting outfit they put the real estate agent in. Yeah, like a hat. Yeah, she wore like the Mary Poppins, Poppins hat. hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the woman that was trying to sell uh, Dan's wife the house in Connecticut. Is that correct? Yes. That's correct. This is so he had uh, gone. uh, So that's after he had gone to work on Monday, comes home. They have the little homecoming scene. And then the next morning they go out to Bedford to look at the house. And that's that's where they have the the decision to buy it. And there's that little frumpy real estate agent. Right. Right. Yeah. You'd think and I wonder why they decided to make it a geriatric Mary Poppins instead of like, I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like the the real estate agents from Million million Dollar Listing where they're 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 sharp looking sharks in that area. Exactly. East Coast. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, it's probably like somebody's. it was probably like one of the writer's mothers or something, <laughs> and he won a bet or lost. So, so she got a bit part. So she got a bit part. I bet that's probably what it was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so then uh, Alex shows up to uh, Dan's office uh, a few days later. She seems to be okay. Uh, seems to be okay with them being friends, but wants to have a night out at the opera seeing Madam Butterfly. Mm-hmm. This leads to one of the more disturbing parts of the movie for me, where Glenn Close or Alex is sitting in her apartment. He says, no, I can't do that. Sorry. She's sitting on the floor of her apartment, turning a lamp on and off while listening to Madam Butterfly. She's in a lot of distress, brokenhearted, and she's just sitting there listening to this opera while turning this lamp on and off. That really disturbed the living shit out of me. <laughs> and I have and I know why. I know why. Because if I ever like uh did not ask out a woman on a second date, or if I even remotely broke a woman's heart I have this fear in the back of my head that they're doing some batshit crazy stuff like that and contemplating how they're going to come hurt me or damage me in some way. And Now, these days, they're just on Reddit bitching about you. <laughs> oh, that, oh okay. Now I feel better. I feel better, yes. And they didn't have the social media outlets back then. So, exactly. Oh. Now, yeah. now there's a whole support system out there of anonymous people. <laughs> 
Good to know. And probably Alex would have survived in the social media world if she just had read it. <laughs> exactly. And and what drew me to that is so he said something like, you know, you knew the rules um, right. when he was trying to leave the first time. So I Googled rules for mistresses and there are rules for mistresses. There so, are rules for mistresses. There okay. are rules for mistresses. There's a bunch of articles on it. There's a bunch of Reddit conversations on some of the subs. It was it was an interesting read. It wow. So what was the, what's the most common rule? Would you say or the one that uh, stands out the most? Uh, know your place. No, you are your you place. are not number one in his life. You will never be. And that was like the the recurring theme. It was sort of like know your place and prepare to be alone most wow. of the time so wow. there it's it's out there it's published there's a numerous articles all i gotta do is google it that's interesting that is interesting yeah know your place so basically you're just a side piece for a man basically exactly wow and that i mean yeah, that that that'll have to be for another show. We can have a whole yeah, we can have a whole we can have a whole other topic. On <laughs> we that. can have a whole other show on that. Exactly, people will tune into that too. No question about it. Yeah. <laughs> Little scandal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I had something about okay, so then she starts calling obsessively, oh, yeah. and of course, this is the time before cell phones, and you can't just simply block somebody. It was um, before before caller ID, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's like the secretary is like, oh, this lady Alex just keeps calling and calling and calling. And it's just like after a while it gets into so it's harassment and you have to mm-hmm. get law enforcement involved, I would think. Uh, but well, yeah, it gets a little sticky if you're uh, been if, somewhere you're not supposed to be. If you've been, yeah, if you had a little fun weekend there while wifey was away. That, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, and then it goes on. He changed his house number. Oh, so yeah. she stopped calling. And I'm like, okay, you changed your house number. And this didn't come up in the movie. Apparently, he didn't tell his wife or he told his wife and she just didn't seem to care because life just kept on going on for a while. I mean, if your husband wanted to change the number, wouldn't you at least ask your wife for, uh, you know, it, there's just no explanation for there really isn't. I, it almost see, it feels like one of those unedited scenes where he could have written it off to a, a dissatisfied client that had a, a, a axe to grind. Right. right. Since he is a lawyer and he does that type of work uh, where you sometimes could encounter that. But yeah, there's there's no real conversation around it. It, it does seem like a bit of a plot gap. It does. Yeah. And, I, and maybe, I guess, in the bigger picture maybe it doesn't matter that much you just gave a good explanation for it so and and then you don't know what the deleted scenes are there right there could have been a scene where that was explained and they decided uh in yeah, the to, to, for for length and to move it along <laughs> exactly 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 and um a phone ringing is uh, the most annoying sound in the whole world i oh mean in this movie, there's at least one instance where the phone rings like probably 14 times. And uh, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a sound that I don't hear anymore. And I'm like, I, I'm okay with that sound just not being in my daily life anymore. I don't miss that sound. Um, but I would agree. It was very jarring. Yeah. Yeah, it's like wow. I mean, it's it's, it's just. I mean, we. I sound old saying this, but in my day, I remember having those types of phones. Jesus, <laughs> but I mean, who even has a landline now? I mean, do you have a landline at your? No, place? I have not had a landline since the early two thousands. Yeah, same here. I think it's been since uh, two thousand three. Yeah, yeah. Um, the eighties when it was. Uh, I can't even read my whole in my own handwriting. When it's cool to wear a turtleneck under a college sweatshirt. So I guess there was a scene where somebody wore a turtleneck under a college sweatshirt. And the sweatshirt was probably like Cornell or Colgate or Yale or Harvard or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so I think that was the babysitter that came in. Maybe. Maybe it was. Maybe it was somebody. Yeah, you could be. You could very. Uh, you could very well be right. I mean, I can't remember the last time I wore a turtleneck because I had this black turtleneck. Uh, back when my ex-wife and I first started dating, and I thought I was like this hip kind of beatnik type, and she's like, you know, turtlenecks on guys just are kind of stupid, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, and ever since then, I'm like, uh, okay, and I haven't worn a, I haven't worn a, a turtleneck in more than twenty years. So, <laughs> well, I, what's your take? What's your take on that? On, on the on the turtleneck, I mean, in college, I definitely did wear the turtleneck under the sweatshirt and under the sweater. Mm -hmm. um, but again, it was the University of Maine and it was freaking cold. So true, true. true. <laughs> sort of yeah. a necessity up there. Um, but I haven't since then either. I do have uh, cowl neck sweaters for the winter, but definitely not a, a tight turtleneck. Yeah, so the towel neck sweaters are kind of like a floppy neck thing right i mean yeah they they flop down um and they're very loose and they drape over parts of your anatomy nicely exactly if you're a woman <laughs> yeah and uh okay and um, then uh all right i mean we can move on a little bit what yeah. on this uh on this thing we don't have to go scene by scene uh <laughs> Necessarily, though, the I mean, it, it, it's interesting. It's an interesting movie to go scene by scene by. But yeah, um, I, in the interest of time, we're going to run out. So we're yeah, the, run out, so. the whole "I'm pregnant" thing, mm -hmm. um, that that was sort of out of left field because she found out rather quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that doesn't, for me, uh, as a timeline and plot, it doesn't really marry up, but it's sort of like her motivation to, to get even more aggressive mm -hmm. with them. Um, and she even offers up her gynecologist's phone number and she's all about, I don't sleep around. Um, and that just sort of, she's very offended that he even offers to like pay for an abortion. Um, so the whole thing starts to go even further to the side and gives her even more motivation to be a little nutty. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. Yeah. In this instance, it's like, OK, he can't force her to have an abortion because that is a woman's choice to do whatever. Mm -hmm. And if she decides to have the kid, guess what, pal? You're going to be responsible for it because you played a huge part in that. And I mean, that's the consequences of messing around right there. Exactly. Exactly. Um, there's a the next one that really got me is when he comes home to the apartment and Alex is in there chatting with his wife. Mm -hmm. She takes it to next level crazy um, and gets the number <laughs> from the wife. Right. Right. Then they have the, the chat and uh, he gets a little aggressive and Alex says that she will not be ignored and she wants respect. And then uh, Dan loses it and slams her into the wall and threatens to kill her. Yeah. Which is uh, that's a, not a that's good a, thing. That's a that's a no, no, because that that could have gone immediately to the police if she wasn't so manic at the time. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Then she takes the kid from freaking school. It's like. And the teachers are like, oh, yeah, she's left for the day. You know, four-year-old kid. Oh, yeah, she left. Somebody picked oh, her I up. Oh, I know. It's like that would never happen That today. does not hold up for time on, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. 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 No, that would not happen today. Um, and then, and, go ahead. Uh, so the Dan has talked to the cops, and the, basically the cops said, uh, you've made your bed, you're going to have to lie in it. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that Not, is kind of an underlying message of all this. It's like, you shouldn't have done it. Pal. Yeah. It's like the, the family values bent on why not, why, why you don't cheat on your wife. <laughs> exactly. In because the Reagan era. <laughs> why you don't cheat on your wife in the Reagan area because Reagan era, because you know, there, well, I mean, the simple reason is there's consequences for it. Right. I mean, even if she wasn't really crazy, there's consequences for it. Uh, so, Exactly. Um, and then the uh, poor bunny. That's all I have to say. Oh, I put down bunnies are assholes. That didn't make, I mean, this is the movie that gave Boyle the bunny uh, 
a meaning that we all know. It's we all know what it means when we say, uh, she that, that woman's a bunny boiler. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We all know what that means. But my daughter had a bunny that uh, she insisted just, uh, you know, hop through the house, shit everywhere, chew through wires, chewed up four Apple computer chargers. I shit you not. And. <laughs> Chewed through the line of the ice maker going into the uh, freezer, like four oh times. shit, yeah, yeah, that's not that's good. Just, no, it's not good. And meanwhile, my ex and my daughter refused to put that goddamn bunny in a cage. And it's like oh. so when I see, <laughs> so now rewatching this, I'm thinking, oh, bunny soup. Okay, cool. Oh, cool. <laughs> see, I had a bunny, but bunny bun bun lived in the barn uh, yeah. with my pony. Uh, so it was all good because it had hay, it could hop around, it had a warm place to sleep. So different experience. So I'm very bunny positive. <laughs> You're bunny positive. I'm I bunny would, positive. And I would have been if we, if <laughs> I mean, we had a place to keep it out in the garage with hay and all that, but no. No, not this bunny. You know, it's like you had a house bunny. We had a house bunny. We, we sure did. <laughs> but anyway, bunny did move outside uh, during the summertime, and a fox got in its cage, and that I did feel bad about. Oh, yeah, that I did feel bad about. Yeah. Uh, then I said affairs. Who's to judge? Both people are wrong. No one comes out. Ahead in this movie, I mean, but of course, that's at the very end. Uh, before that, we get into the scene where Glenn Close comes in the house, and th this yeah. whole thing it's just like, why are you staying in the house when you know this woman's after you? It's like, okay, we know the police aren't going to do anything, and that was established great, but why are you staying in the house? Well, you see, he upped the ante though, because he went to her apartment and basically tried to strangle her first. Mm hmm. So yeah. then she shows up at the house and is like, all right, dude, let's go. Let's go. So in this one, I say that's equal. That's an equal. Yeah. He, yeah. he upped it. Yeah. Um, he, she did, although she, I think she poured acid on his car. So. Oh yeah. 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 That was bad. That, that was, was not bad. good for the Volvo. No, that wasn't. Yeah. That's a, and I like Volvos. That was a waste of a good Volvo right there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but again. So, that the uh, other uh, the other note I have is score Alex two cars one bunny because uh, the wife wrecks her car while she's panicking about the daughter, mm -hmm. and then Alex destroys the car and of course she destroys the bunny. Uh, so I I did have the score for Alex with two cars and one bunny. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then Beth I, was way too forgiving. Exactly. She was like over it in a heartbeat. Either she didn't care or her character was just just suppressing her rage. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think she, uh, I, I go with the suppressing her rage, definitely. There, definitely. There'll be consequences later. There'll be consequences later, right? So then uh, when Glenn Close comes into the house and she sees the wife in the bedroom, which is actually, I mean, quite dramatic. The wife's about ready to get in the bathtub. You know, the room's all mm -hmm. steamy because she wipes the condensation off the mirror. Then she sees Glenn Close in the back and you're like, ah, you know, you kind of jump mm -hmm. a little bit. And Again, Glenn, Glenn Close in the white dress. Right. In a white dress. Right. And she's stabbing her own self in the freaking leg. And at that point, you know, yeah, man, she is freaking nuts. And mm -hmm. then she's saying things like, who are you? I mean, why are you here? Do you know what it feels like to, you know, love a person? So you're the only person that you think about, you know, like all that shit. And then, yeah, that whole scene yeah. goes out. That was just, yeah, she's, she's off the reservation at that point. But in he, fairness, he did try to kill her. <laughs> in fairness, he did try to kill her. Yeah, which uh, did up the ante a little bit, like you said, and uh, just and it made that uh, crazy level even go up a little bit higher. Mm -hmm. Every time he did something to attack her or threaten to kill her, 
uh, the uh, crazy level went up too. Definitely. Yep. Definitely. Absolutely up. Yeah. Yeah. When you have an affair, you have to kill that person. Everyone knows this. This is what C. Stout's saying. And he also said, it's kind of sick if you think about it. Uh, similar rules, namely the War of the Roses. Though, yeah, that's, well, that's Kathleen Turner. Uh, and then they're, okay. So that's a comedy where they're both. I love that movie, though. That is a good movie. I haven't seen that in a while. I could. I could yeah, I like it where they rode the chandelier to the floor and basically died. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So in that movie, you know, at least with the two kind of lovers or former lovers going at it till death, uh, those uh, hey, they they took till death do us part all the way. They, they they took it all the way in that movie. That's for sure. Yeah. And then I remember going back to the first time I saw this movie with Glenn Close. You know, you think she's dead because she's holding her breath underwater for the longest time, and then she comes up. It's going to stab Michael Douglas and then Ann Archer's there with the gun. Boom. But I remember that was like a heart stomping scene. That was like. A, it was. Yeah. And they, the eyes when he was drowning her, like they were completely rolled back in white. That was creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So you, that yeah, was when creepy. she pops back up, you're really shocked that she was actually alive. Oh, so. uh, yeah. Yeah. And which makes you think it's like. How, how did she do that? I mean, how how do you how'd she do that? Contacts. Good I mean, <laughs> contacts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they always stay underwater way too long in movies. Anyway, uh, like if there's an action movie and somebody goes into the water, they always seem to s- seem to stay down there uh, way too long, and they also seem to have perfect eyesight while they're down there as well. It's and we and we always buy it. We always buy into it. We're like, okay, yep. all right, all right. <laughs> Suspension <laughs> of disbelief. <laughs> exactly, exactly. There's and there's a lot of that uh, in many of the movies we watch, uh, mm-hmm. and we love them anyway. Uh, <laughs> so I'm thinking restraining orders. Uh, you know, you could have got her for kidnapping with the kid. Uh, I counted how. So long again, she- again, it all comes back to him not wanting to take the risk. Uh, of having his uh, extracurricular activities outed. Right. And that I don't really buy into. When your family's life is on the line and somebody's poured acid on your car, it's time to, to, to pony up and come clean, in my opinion. Well, no kidding. No kidding. I mean, you could have, you could have gotten her for so many things on this. Uh, yeah. And I mean... There was one scene where the police obviously aren't going to do anything. Yeah. And, but you need to catch or you need to have proof is basically what they said. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Uh, and I can't prove that she took my kid because my kid's home safely now. That's a good right. point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and you didn't catch her in the act of pouring acid on him. Okay. Okay. I get it. I get it. Oh, I counted how long she was underwater, by the way. Oh, you did? How long was that? It was 36 seconds underwater. Uh, 36 seconds underwater. Huh. How long does it take to drown? I'm curious. Well, I think it um, depends on the person. It depends on how much oxygen you can hold in your lungs, I suppose. But, I mean, Glenn Close isn't very big, but she may have large lungs. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but we'll have to do some research okay. on that. I, I just Googled it. Okay. <laughs> A person can drown in less than 60 seconds. It has been reported it only takes 20 seconds for a child to drown and roughly 40 seconds for adults. Okay, so she was right on the threshold. She was right on the right on the cusp. Right, right there. Okay, so they got okay. I'll I'll buy that. I'll buy that. (laughs) Okay. This movie was nominated, and this one took me by surprise. And uh, I'll tell you here in a second. It was nominated for best picture. Best Director, Best Actress for Glenn Close, Best Supporting Actress for Ann Archer, which I thought to myself on that one, what, really? Yeah. Did Ann Archer really do a Oscar-worthy performance in this? Maybe she did because she held back all that rage when she had a <laughs> shitty husband. Yeah, there you, go. there you go. And actually, I got to find out who directed this one. Uh, I didn't even check in who directed this one. Uh, da, 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 da. 
Fatal Attraction was starred Michael Douglas, Glenn Close, and Archer, directed by Adrian Lin. Adrian Lin. That name sounds familiar, but I don't know what else he directed. But anyway, nobody won. Uh, They didn't win any Oscars for the categories I just mentioned. And it made me wonder, like, wow, it's looking at it now, this does not seem like it's an Oscar-worthy performance. However, probably at the time For it Glenn was. Close, I think she she definitely played the crazy very well. Those she did swings, and she did. from the the confident, sexy woman at the cocktail party to the destroyed woman, mm-hmm. she did pretty well on that one. I will give her some. She she gets props. She um, does, and she's actually. I just looked up Adrian Lynn. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie was basically remade, sort of. A movie called Unfaithful, where Diane Lane is the stay-at-home mom and Richard Gere is the executive, and mm-hmm. she is the one having the affair. I saw the same that. director. Same director, okay. And, and I did same outcome, that. the affair partner gets killed. <laughs> so Chris yeah. Stout was right. You do have to kill that affair partner. <laughs> you it's you you you, you kind of have to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Diane Lane's played uh in a couple movies where she's been the unfaithful wife and Mm -hmm. you have kind of sympathy for her in both movies actually um yeah i agree with you on glenn close because she played crazy very very well and her performance alone is worth the watch of this movie again Mm -hmm. i will say that um and it was probably the first psychological thriller that came up came out with this theme uh in cinematic history, uh, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, since then, there's been several, but this was kind of uh, a one-of-a-kind when it came out. And the movie that did win Best Picture that year was The Last Emperor, which is a good movie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it that I for uh, that I have really to say about this movie, other than... Um, does it stand the test of time? I would say it does just for what I just mentioned. Glenn Close's mm-hmm. performance is yes. incredible in this. And it does have the nostalgic factor as well. I just like to look back at uh, 80s yuppie culture and just <laughs> uh, kind of remember what it, how silly it all was. And uh, Yeah, it, yeah. It, was, it was a different time. It was a different time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I keep on going, uh, I'm sorry, I won't do that anymore. Got to see what Chris Stout just said. Got to see Michael's boobs. You got to see Michael's boobs, Michael Douglas's boobs. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's good. <Ew>. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Michael Douglas did win for Best Actor uh, for Wall Street. So, uh, oh. in effect, you could say that he won Best Actor for this, too. Because It's basically the same guy. It's the same role, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, what do you, what are your feelings about it? Do, do you see in the I mean, the storyline, it's, you know, it's been <laughs> men cheating um, has been going on as, as long as, as there's been relationships in my book. So, um, I think it stands up because men are men are gonna men. Um, at least some of you. Not men, are gonna men. You. men are gonna men. Um, mm-hmm. and there's always that temptation that that, you know, something that you're not supposed to have always looks good. Um so I think it it the plot um has a few, you know. It's it's definitely a t- a time capsule movie. Um, because a lot of the things like the caller ID and the landlines and all of that, that whole aspect kind of goes away. Um, everybody today has cell phones and you can put it on silent and, you know, block people. So that part, um, is a, it works in the context of the era it was filmed in. Yes. Yes. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's really all I have left to say about it i mean it's interesting to look at again i probably Mm -hmm. will never watch it again if i see it on cable as i'm kind of going through the channels i probably won't stop to 
even watch a scene, but yeah. 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 That's how I feel about it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And there you have it. That was Sandy or otherwise known as Sergeant Williams and my own review of Fatal Attraction. And we decided on whether or not it stood the test of time and you heard our responses. This was um, my last live recording or part of my last live recording of the Wicked Awesome podcast. And I really am glad you tuned in to this uh, published episode from here on out. All the episodes will be recorded ahead of time before they're published. And I appreciate the support, as I kind of just said. And until next time, I love you all. Thank you very much.